The limited partner shares in the potential outsized returns of a well-planned and executed investment, but is a passive investor with no day-to-day -day operating requirements, whose liability is limited to the extent of their share of ownership. The limited partner has the maximum leverage on their most precious asset, their time. Now they say you're the average of the people you surround yourself with. Are you looking to elevate your network, connect with individuals that bring your average up? The Limited Partner is more than just a podcast. It's a community to learn, to participate, to connect. There's no other community out there like this for Limited Partners. So subscribe to the podcast, but most importantly, join the community at thelimitedpartner.com. Welcome to the podcast with your host, Jake Wiley. Welcome partners. This is your host, Jake Wiley. This week, I'm joined by Scott Royal Smith of Royal Legal Solutions. Scott, welcome to the show. Hey, great to be here with you, Jake. My pleasure. I'm excited about the content. I mean, I know you know lawyers get a bad rap, but I think that the asset protection aspect of an investment is so key and just doing it right because you can check every other box, but if you get the legal side wrong and the asset protection side wrong, like not only could you lose your investment, potentially more. I, I don't want to steal your thunder. You know, one, why don't you start giving us a little bit of background on who you are and how you got into this and and we'll pick it up from there. Sure. Yeah. So my name is Scott Royal Smith. I'm an asset protection attorney and a longtime real estate investor. I've been an attorney now for a little over nine years and a real estate investor for about 12. And I got my first property uh, well, actually when I was in law school. And I flipped a commercial property, a transmission and auto repair shop, the, the building and the business to graduate from law school without any debt. And I just continued to invest in real estate uh, even while I was working in litigation, suing insurance companies, first starting off as an attorney there until I was making more money than real estate than I was being an attorney. So I quit being an attorney just to focus on my real estate. As I put together my my real estate portfolio and hit my financial freedom through that, everybody started asking me like, hey, what are you doing for your asset protection, your estate planning, your taxes? You know, How are you modeling out your investments and, and tax uh, strategies that you could be using? And you know, all of the complexities that come into growing to financial freedom. So I've had to walk all this myself. And so everybody's like, hey, can you put that together for me? So I just ended up doing it for like a few friends. And I did a podcast with Bigger Pockets, episode 109, and I dropped my personal phone and an email in it. So I was like, well, nobody's going to ask me about any of this stuff. I was just trying to give away information. And uh, ended up being that I was getting like 30 calls a day from us. And I said, well, this is actually what God or whatever, whatever you want to call it, right, is calling me to do. This is the way that I can go help people. And so I built Royal Legal Solutions here uh, over the last seven years or so, up to about 40 employees. And we work with clients in all 50 states. We have about 2,000 clients all over the country and a team of about 40 with five attorneys. And so as a one-stop shop for everything that's real estate and wealth creation, you know, related all underneath the uh, single roof. That's my background. And, and that's what my company is, is built. And I'm excited that I get to have the opportunities to just continually educate. And I think right now we're up to doing six live coaching calls a week on asset specific coaching, as well as diversified investments, uh, tax coaching and doing it in a group setting that allows us for like powerful education with facilitated networking, uh, live Q&A, and then resources with like video and uh, ebook resources that get paired with it. That's what I'm up to, Jake. Appreciate being here though and, and happy to help everybody in the limited partner space that we got going on with your audience. A couple of things that you said in there that, that really stood out is that there are a lot of different strategies out there. There's a lot of people 
touting that their way is the best. And I think that there's a, a general likelihood that sometimes people can think about it as getting too complicated, right? And create issues. I know like for me, I just kind of jumped in with my first investment, like had a general idea of what I was thinking from an asset perspective, meaning I set up an entity and like probably they could have pierced the corporate veil a million ways some Sunday because I keep I had to keep throwing money at the project right out of my own bank account. But you know, I, I would say I, maybe I got lucky that we got out of it, right? But okay, right? And everything worked out well. We still made money. But kind of what you're alluding to is that the path has already been trod, right? From a legal perspective, we're not making stuff up as we go along. Yes, everybody's got individuals probably needs and wants, but from doing it right from an asset protection perspective, especially for a limited partner jumping into one of their first deals, or maybe taking a step back and saying like, well, hey, maybe we need to rethink how we're doing it. I guess let's start from the beginning. What, what would be the first step? How would you go about this if you're a newly minted limited partner? Yeah. Well, the, the good news, right, Jake, as you just said, is that like all the best practices are already figured out, right? So that's one of the things that we're actually able to do. We have a, a quiz that we have everybody. It's like about 20 question quiz. And from that quiz, we're actually able to diagnose like what's all the content education that's appropriate for this person where they're at, right? So it allows us to have like really custom tailored educational components because there is nothing new right? There's just what are the best practices? And then where do you fall in the continuum of where you're at and what's appropriate for you? And then how do you build that in a way that you're covering off on everything that needs to happen from the asset protection and the estate planning and the tax side, as well as your tax reporting? And then how does that change as you scale? and as you grow, right? So I think that's like the uniqueness of what education that I hope that everybody in the field turns to, but that's our initiative. But the first place to start, right, is actually understanding is, do you need to do anything at all? So a lot of guys will actually come and say, hey, listen, I've been told, or my belief is, is that I have a strong umbrella insurance policy that covers me from anything that I'm doing. I get into a bad car accident, whatever the case may be. I have this umbrella insurance policy that, that protects my bank account, protects my credit score, protects all of my assets, even limited partnership interests in an asset. If Jake gets sued, they potentially can go after your limited partnership interest in that LLC. Now, if they sue that LLC, they can't get to Jake. But what happens if they sue Jake? And then what's going to happen in those circumstances? In that vein, we say, well, great. The minimum that you would need to put in place would be an umbrella insurance policy because an umbrella insurance policy will cover off on most risks most of the time. But however, an insurance policies are very limited. Like my my experience was in suing insurance companies. And the reason why is because insurance companies are profit-seeking corporations. Their business model is to collect premiums and deny coverage. And the ways that they deny coverage that can really hurt you, or the reasons that you might think you're covering it or not, is, is very similar to what happened to a friend of mine who lost over $3 million in real estate and he was very well insured. But what he didn't realize is that insurance never protected him against any of the contracts that he was sending out to people or any of the emails that he was sending or text messages or phone calls. And so when he had a deal blow up on him, they sued him based upon like a breach of contract and allegations regarding the communications that were made as part of the deal. Well, guess what? Those are never covered by any insurance policy. What you have to do is on top of insurance, if you want to get to that 100% protected, you need at least one LLC. What we recommend for everybody that has any, you know, over $10,000 in assets, I say, well, just establish at least a single LLC. And that single LLC, if you're just doing limited partnership investments, should hold your interest in any of the limited partnership investments that you own and should own your cash and it should own your stocks and your brokerage account because you, Jake, shouldn't own anything. Like rich people don't own things. They have companies that own things. And our belief is we should all be acting like rich people. They've already figured out the path. Let's act like they do. And at the very minimum, let's have a single LLC. And ideally, that 
LLC can be owned anonymously and all of your investments that you would make in that LLC could also be anonymous. So there's ways to also protect your information security on top of uh, your legal security. Uh, and if you do this right, uh, your taxes, bookkeeping, and everything stays exactly the same way it is right now. It actually costs you zero extra work and zero extra expenses besides just setting up the entity structure. Got a couple questions that came out of that. One is totally a personal aside, but for the LLC, so generally to invest in a limited partnership, you need to prove that you're an accredited investor. So if you're investing through an LLC, how, how are people doing that? Well, accredited investors is merely a representation of being an accredited investor, right? So that has to do with your, your net worth or income requirement. To the extent that you need to prove that you're an accredited investor, there actually is no proof besides making the representation and potentially having a CPA or, or an attorney or a professional sign a letter for you if it's required by the deal sponsor with it. So that's actually an issue that is really a non-issue, right? It's a form letter that somebody signs or the deal sponsor takes, takes it based upon your representation of being an accredited investor. Another question that comes up is we talk about limited partnerships, right? And then you're talking about limited liability companies. Like what, what is the difference in like, where are they used? There's really no difference between a limited partnership and a limited liability company in the terms of what matters to an investor. And any type of LP or LLC, there's somebody who controls the entity and then there's somebody who owns the entity and that it splits ownership and control. So in a limited partnership context, it's the general partner who controls the entity and the limited partners that own the entity. In an LLC, it's the manager who controls the entity and it's the, the stockholders, right? Or series A owners that will, or what you call them is like the members of the LLC that would be the owners of the LLC. In most contexts, the LP will have the general partner is the one that holds all of the liability for anything that's going to happen on behalf of the LP. And in an LLC, it's the manager, right? Which is the same function, just in two different legal entities as the one that would um, hold the, the legal liability. Both of them restrict the liability from an investor standpoint that if the LP is sued or the LLC is sued, meaning usually something happening with the actual deal itself, like somebody gets hurt on the property or contract or whatever the case be, you as an investor can only lose the amount of money that you've placed inside of the investment uh, from that type of lawsuit. We would call that an internal attack because it's happening inside of the entity structure. But what most people don't understand is that you need to be also be concerned about external attacks, which is what happens if somebody sues you personally based upon like a car accident that you got into that exceeded the limits of liability of your insurance or whether another type of lawsuit regarding like a breach of contract or fraud Remember, in a lawsuit, everybody doesn't matter how honest you are because everybody lies. So you have to create the structures that are going to protect you even when people lie. And that's why we think it's important that, great, your LP or your LLC that owns the asset that you're investing into will protect you from that internal attack, but you need your own asset holding company to protect you from any external attack. Well, that's super helpful. And uh, I think... Maybe asking one more question about the LLC versus the LP. Why is the LP structure used, the limited partnership structure used and when? And then like, I know that we're using the LLCs personally to invest. And then there's LLCs usually wrapped up inside some of these limited partnerships. But like, what's what's the difference? When, why are they used? Uh, usually it has to do with the financing and how many people do you want to have to have sign off on different types of financing that you get? That's the only really good reason that I find for domestic based people when they choose whether they're going to use an LP or an LLC because the protections are exactly the same, right? So there's nothing that you can do with an LP or an LLC that you need to use one or the other besides what happens with some financing and how they want people to sign off on it. Perfect. A lot of people think about like, yes, what happens if I get sued? 
and you mentioned like you really shouldn't own anything, right? And then most people's biggest asset, or at least they're told their biggest asset is their house. How do you deal with your personal house? You know, so you can still like, I don't know, qualify for homestead exemptions and, and all of those things, but still like, I, I don't own it, right? It's in a trust or something. I'm just making that up. But Well, um, a lot of people own their assets in their personal name, which is the worst possible way you can own assets. That means if anything goes wrong in your life or any of your assets, everything you own is exposed, which means that when they threaten you with that, you're one, it's up there with the top three worst things that can happen to you in life, like up with divorce, with how it hits you like emotional in that place, right? So the big why behind why to structure into an asset holding company is that and structure into asset protection is because you want to be in the position that if anybody ever sues you, you don't care. And that all of your money making operations can go on exactly the same way they are right now. And you can do that with all of your active businesses, with all of your syndication or limited partnership types of investments, but as well as any hard assets you might own, which is could be your personal residence or if you have a single family home, apartment complex portfolio, whatever that, those assets are going to be. Now, what would you do in this situation? So let's say like Jake, you came in, they're like, legal solutions. And you're like, Hey, I got my primary residence. And I got like two investment properties that I own that are, you know, one to four unit properties here. And I also have a bunch of fund investments and syndication investments I have. Well, I said, well, one way that you could structure cover off on structuring that would be like an old way of doing it would be establishing a bunch of LLCs and you would have like one LLC per property and you would have all those LLCs owned by a Wyoming LLC as part of like a hub and spoke model. And that way you could have own all of those LLCs anonymously because they're all owned by the Wyoming LLC, which is de facto anonymous. And then every asset's compartmentalized in its own LLC. So if there's a lawsuit against one LLC, they can't go after any of the other LLCs. And by the way, we're also able to use land trust in conjunction with the LLCs. So that way you can still uh, use conventional financing for all of those one to four unit properties, still qualify for homestead exemptions, able to avoid transfer taxes with those by using uh, those land trusts uh, with that purpose. So you can accomplish anonymity and protection while getting the best financing and hold all of your assets. The problem with that old structure, which is the hub and spoke model with multiple LLCs, is that it becomes really expensive and cumbersome to manage all of these LLCs. So what I designed and working on it for myself was saying, well, great, what we actually should use then is an entity that's been around for over 20 years called a series LLC, where it's a single entity with a single bank account, single EAI number, single set of accounting books. And that series LLC is able to do is it works like a parent-child structure. We have like a parent entity that's created with the state. It can create an unlimited number of children that act just like LLCs, but you can create an unlimited number of them for free. So essentially, you're able to get all of the scalability, compartmentalization, and anonymity that you get uh, without having to create a bunch of LLCs. So everything in your life stays compartmentalized and anonymous, and being able to transfer your primary residence and qualify for your homestead exemptions, but you just don't have to pay for it. You only have to pay once and you get an infinitely scalable entity. So a lot of my, a lot of guys that would be like in your position, Jake, that's like, Hey, I got my primary residence, my two homes. Okay, cool. That's series A, B, and C that fall right underneath the parent of the series LLC. And they say, well, I also got like these five syndication investments. Say, great. Well, let's just go ahead and create a new child series because it takes us 10 minutes. Our clients are able to create those child series on their own desktop. You don't have to file anything or pay anything to create them. You just print it, modify the form, print it and sign it if you want. And then what you're able to do then is you can actually compartmentalize every single one of your syndication investments. And you can hold those syndication or those fund investments in a way that are like anonymous placed in the fund. So if anybody looks at who are the members of this fund or who are the members of this syndication investment, they don't get to see that, like, what are all the things Jake owns? Because they can see his name on the list of who are all the members um, that you get whenever you are typically that can be exposed as part of how 
awesome the legal documentation works. So if you're interested in the compartmentalization of the assets and the privacy uh, types of concerns, that's how you do it. And that's how like mixed assets would work underneath like a series, a single series LLC type of structure. Yeah, that's fascinating because I am clearly a victim of the old way of doing it, right? Where, you know, tax time comes around and I've got you know, all these different entities that I've got to figure out like what to do with filing tax filings everywhere and paying fees because of it. That's great to hear. Well, what's cool about it too, Jake, is that you can create like the one series LLC and it gives you all the protection, right? Um, you, can, you can use it Form it in either Delaware, Texas, Nevada, or Wyoming. You want to use it, form it in a state that has strong charging order protection. Um, so that way, if there's a lawsuit against you personally, they can't get to your ownership interest in your LLC. And then what you're able to do is own any of the physical assets, whether your personal residence or any investment properties you have, you own those in land trusts that are in turn owned by the child series of the series LLC, which is in turn owned by the parent, which is in turn owned by you. What's awesome about that is because the assets are owned inside of a land trust, we're able to avoid the due on sale clause of the mortgages so we can move the assets without having any concern of doing that. That's per the St. Germain Act that protects us to do that so we can get all the best financing and qualify for the homestead exemptions that we want. But also, we don't have to register that LLC in all the different states that you might own assets. The LLC is not doing business in any other states. Only the land trust is, and there's no registration requirements for the land trust. So you're actually able to create only one entity one set of accounting books, one tax return or no tax returns for it because it's a disregarded entity. And you get to avoid all of the complications with all of the different state fees that you might have to do with having to register different LLCs in different states and have to maintain them all every year. Can people like me who have been doing this the old way and have assets that are already in different entities, can we fix this? Or is this, is this you got to, next time we'll get it right type of deal? You just fix it. Everybody comes in, right? There's a few people that come in off the street that's like, hey, I haven't done anything at all. I've owned all my personal name and I've just been risking it because I couldn't find the right relationship. And that's where we uh, do a really great job with like, hey, we'll put out tons of education with like all our clients in there. So there's all kinds of like ways to socially vet what's going on, whatever. Most people have something. So what we do is we say, great, when you come in through the process, uh, what we look at is say, well, what do you have put in place? Well, what of that can we keep? And how, how aggressive do we need to be? Like is anonymity essential for you? If it is, then here's might be the things that we want to do. Here's the cost. Here's the ROI on that. If we want to do a, like a lesser form of protection, then we can, right? But everybody that comes in the door is better off with than they were before they came in because now they have more intelligence about like, hey, this is the way I need to grow. So maybe there might be a few things that we change now and then we grow together over time, which is one of our core mottos at Royal Legal Solutions is we want to grow with our investor pool. We want to help everybody enable them to be able to make more money to do more deals. And to do that, we need to create a system that protects them and streamlines all of their operations to give them time and money back so they can go out, make more deals and then pay us more money to help them continue to build their structure and optimize their taxes and, and do all those things that we're able to do as, as help with that. So don't worry if you're already partway down the field of it, we can help you figure out like what are that stuff we can keep, what stuff we need to want to put in the new, and then how do we need to move logistically moving forward. I think that's, Jake, part of one of the things that I think a lot of firms do wrong is that a lot of firms, they bring everybody in as like a one-time snapshot, right? Like you called your local attorney, he's like, put this in place and then call me if you ever need me. You know, but most people are like, well, I don't know when to call. And every time I call you, you bill me $500 an hour to talk to you. And I'm gonna keep operating underneath the whatever system you told me before. And I don't really know when I need to switch. So what we did is we took a different approach that said, well, how can we form a relationship that allows us to be able to perform valuable service for the clients on a holistic way, but also be able to have at least 
two biannual meetings, like anywhere between two to four meetings a year, twice a year or once a quarter to cover off on how are you operating your LLCs? What does your investment horizons look like? What, how are you growing? Let's make sure we tack the ship as we go. So you can have that kind of support on making, covering off on that you're doing everything right and that you're tacking the ship as you go um, without having to pay anything extra for it. And I think we charge like $49 a month for a membership that includes that and a host of other services, like unlimited support from all of our staff for any questions that you have and a number of like nominee trustee services and all kinds of other stuff. But that's the way we've kind of done it differently because exactly what you're talking about, right? Is, well, how do I get it set up right? What can I use that's my existing? And how do I make sure that I don't have to think about this anymore, that somebody else is thinking about it for me? That's just great information. It is complicated. Things are changing. Another question that comes to mind, so I'm a CPA by background, right? And I was always conditioned to say, I am not an attorney. I can't give you legal advice. Like you need to make sure you seek your own counsel. But I guess in terms of the tax side, right? That's obviously very important to how all these things play out. How do you guys handle and or direct, you know, the kind of the tax related questions. We have an in-house CPA and MBA team and that we're about to bring on board, I think, a CFA as well uh, into it. So our relationships typically starts as like on the very front end of just helping people get better information. So we have a quiz, uh, it's about 20 questions long. Um, in that quiz, it lets us profile where somebody's at and what's going to be the valuable information for what they're going after uh, as part of that quiz and where they're at now and what have we seen other people that were similarly situated find valuable for them, right? So we do that as just as a, let's get to know you, fill out the quiz, let's get to know you and figure out what information we can do to help expedite your learning curve of what's going to be important for you, right? Then if it makes sense for us to have a deeper relationship. Uh, then what we go through is a, a series of support. We'll then get people plugged into what are the shows that are happening each week um, that have my professional attorney and CPA teams running these shows with the other clients that are similarly situated in the same types of asset class and investments that they are. Go into those shows to be able to learn, become part of the community, ask questions to the professionals that are there to get that type of advice and know that they have a place to come to each week apart from the on-demand on services if you are a paid client, totally free just to join in on those shows and be able to get those questions and education uh, covered off on. And then we'll go through a series of meetings. And so the series of meetings first starts with the foundations of asset protection, estate planning, and basic tax, right? Basic tax strategies that people should be using. We'll go through that and say, great, what makes sense for us on that foundational set? Then we'll go through a second meeting after we cover off on, great, we'll determine a scope of work, uh, take a payment from the client for what we need to put together, if anything there. If we don't need to put anything there, we just go on to stage two, which is going to be like a tax, our tax meeting. And our tax meeting, we assess, great, where are you at? Where are you growing? What do your incomes look like? And we have four options of what ways that we could help support you that are generally um, lined up with what's the scope of the portfolio and what's your income. So that's everything from just, hey, I just need a simple one-time tax strategy meeting and uh, doing a basic return for me to actually I need an in-depth dive of my past two years returns and a full-blown model of what my investments and taxes are all going to look like. Or I want monthly calls with a CPA, MBA, a CFA, uh, and attorney to be able to have this regular touch point of what are the things that are going on because I'm scaling and I'm growing my business. I need more consistent help over time. And we also offer as our fourth option, and there too, is what we call like a junior CPA training program, which is a once a month, um, 90 minute call where we're actually training the skill sets of like, uh, how do you look at 
tax modeling, investment modeling, and business modeling, and understanding as if you were going to be a junior CPA in the Royal Legal Solutions team. We're going to train you in at the same level we would as a junior CPA here. And then, so now it says, great. So from one of those, you should either have the, the done for you support with it, or we'll train you how to do it on your own. And then we'll go, okay, cool. Now we're on to step three. And step three is we actually meet with our Royal Insurance Branch, high in-house insurance company, where we cover off on what are the appropriate insurance for you, for like any of the property insurance, your auto insurance, your health insurance, your umbrella policies. And if you're looking for like overfunded life, life insurance policies as an investment or term life, because you just want to cover off for your estate plan, let's make sure all your insurance needs get covered off on and set and streamlined with any of the assets or whatever you're doing with your life. And then our very last step to the process is after we've gone through all that, we'll say, great, now let's see if there's ways that we can help you make more money by introducing you to relationships we have uh, regarding future assets or opportunities that would come up that you could uh, choose to put money into. And we're typically targeting investments that have some type of monthly or quarterly cash flow because most of all of our clients are really cash flow oriented um, and looking for like secure gains over time. And then after that, it's like, great, now you're now enrolled after you've gone through all of the series of our initial meetings, then our relationship is on demand on an unlimited basis with the support team and no additional cost. And at least two yearly meetings uh, to be able to make sure that you're running everything correctly. And that if we flag something in there, that's like a gap that we're able to then reconnect you with the appropriate team members and talk to you about what that needs to look like to cover off. So that's the holistic customer journey, how it all works. Well, it sounds awesome. We'll put a link in the show notes to, I guess, the site or the, where the quiz is. So people, if they want to reach out to you, can do it. Is there a link? Can you say it? It's just the royallegalsolutions.com. I mean, you click on a link at the top that says get a price. That takes you directly to the quiz page. And the quiz page has like a lot of our great resources onto it, as well as testimonials from our clients and diagrams of like, how does the structuring work? Um, so if you just go to royallegalsolutions.com and click get a price at the top, um, that'll take you right there. The quiz takes, you know, under five minutes to complete. And then after that, our team reaches out to connect with you to uh, start introducing you to like, what are the free resources that we have available to help get you educated? And then our goal in that is to say, we're going to do such a killer job with getting you educated that you're going to say, I can't help but want to do business with you because... I, this has just been the greatest education. And I feel like it's right on point with where I'm at and where I'm going. So that's our business model. Scott, this has been an awesome conversation. I, I really appreciate you being here. And I, I like to finish every show with a bit of gratitude because none of us got to where we are without somebody giving us a leg up or looking at us and giving us a chance that maybe we really didn't deserve. Who would you like to give a, a shout out to for giving you that leg up? Yeah, I'll tell you the biggest move I made in my life here in the last year is actually hiring Gina Folk as our COO into Royal Legal Solutions. Uh, her and Hansel Ramsey is like the head of our, our production and, and paralegal team. And I have so much gratitude for these like, amazingly strong women. Like it, it's been incredible. Like the, the difference in my life for having people that are uh, so talented and strong that I'm like, wow, like I just know that that area of my life is going to work and improve. And it allows me to go out there to like meet, get deeper in with what's going on with customers of and, and clients. What education do people need? And how can I, how can we better create offering to better meet the needs of everybody? Because we're targeted to say, we want to give the absolute best possible strategies for people that would normally be the type of service that you'd only get if you were like a billionaire. But there's that 
a level of a 360-degree coverage that's good for the average investor. It's a super ambitious goal for a company to be able to do, to work in that space. And it wouldn't be possible without just amazing people inside of my leadership team. Those people, you know, changed my life having them there. I love that story. Well, Scott, thank you so much for making the time. I think this has been a really educational conversation. I know all my listeners would really appreciate it. I appreciate it. So thank you. Yeah, thanks, Jake. You know, I, I hope everybody just goes to royallegalsolutions.com and clicks to get a price at the top of the page and gets to that quiz page because it's just the way that we really love giving back you know, to anybody that wants to connect with us. We just don't have, I steer the team away from anything that feels like a high pressure sale at all. Our goal is always say, listen, if we educate people well enough, they'll just say, shut up and take my money, you know? And like, you know, so like, let's go for that. But the way we can help everybody is if, if they, everybody just takes a quiz and just starts getting exposed to the education and the groups that we have here and meeting the other investors that we already work with to be able to see firsthand what is the experience that people have working with us. I know everybody will have a great experience if they just reach out and connect. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Limited Partner Podcast. Please subscribe and leave a review. If there's any reason you wouldn't leave us a five-star review, please email me directly at jw at jakewiley.com. Your feedback is always appreciated. Now, the show is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of the Limited Partner community. It's a community where limited partners can come together, learn about what best-in-class looks like, opportunities, and most importantly, a place to connect. There is nothing out there like this. So head over to thelimitedpartner.com and sign up. We'll see you next time.